Welcome to Screen Blend episode 11, and today we are looking at our top Nintendo Switch titles that are best to play with friends or at a party. And we also look into the new Indiana Jones news and the Kingdom Hearts show at Disney+. Plus. Stay tuned. Okay, welcome everyone to Screen Blend episode 11, and uh, this is once again my co-host Will Cutts. Nice, how are you mate? Good, I got the episode right this time, so you we're did. making a good start already. <laughs> good start, good start, good start. No, what a week. Um, recording this on Thursday, uh, so a little bit a yes. little bit later in the week than, than we normally do. Probably looking at Thursday record, probably a, a Friday release from now, I reckon, and then with some special stuff over the, over the weekend. Um, good week so far though, mate. You look a little bit chilly, you got your big jacket on. Yep, yeah, it's definitely colder here in Adelaide now. So um, instead of wearing my shorts and my shirt, um, I'm yeah, resorting to trackies and heavy jumpers. Trackies so and changed. heavy jumpers. Approaching you know, June. I'm here, got the t-shirt, got the jeans on, all ready to go for, for today's pod, mate. Um, quickly, again, everyone, you can always find us at screen underscore blend on, on all of the uh, social media channels or screenblend.net. The website's been given a little bit of a pizzazz. Uh, spent, <laughs> very spent, very nice yeah spent yeah. last week um doing a little bit little bit of that so we'll have some more stuff jumping on there but you can obviously always find um all of the information regarding the screen blend podcast on our social media feeds or jack at jack underscore mason 22 on the it will be cuts uh on our on our social feeds but mason today we're talking um a little bit about family and, and interacting through games so we haven't really done a games podcast yet have we no, no, this is the very first one. Yeah. And I thought, what's a better way to do it yeah. than going with what's the most popular console right now during quarantine? Yeah. Nintendo Switch. And we're all together, yeah. you know, all with our families and friends. So what are some really good games that you can go out and get now that you can have an amazing time with and sit with down that. with a few beers with your mates? Oh, you, don't, you don't sit down with a few beers. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, a few coffees <laughs> with the mates. But no, I think we'll, we'll get into the Switch a bit later anyway. But I think the, the beauty of the Switch is... It's like I can play it with mum and dad and you can play it with your whole family. It's not like picking up a PlayStation. It's really hard for them to understand and, and play. The game's a bit more family friendly um, in that way. But that's what you can look forward to, guys and, and girls. We'll be talking about the Switch a little bit later and uh, some of our recommendations. So I'll probably start doing a bit of time coding, Mace, so people can, if they want to skip through to that, they can, they can go to a bit of a time code. We're going to go to the news <laughs> section now this week. And you, you've got a couple of news things you want to bring up uh, and we'll have a little bit of a discuss. Yeah. So the first topic of news is coming off last week as well with the new Justice League Snyder cut. So a lot of details have kind of been released this week and we've recently learned that there's going to be no reshoots whatsoever. So they're not going to bring back any of the cast, which is huge. And they're going to rely a lot of the $30 million budget, which is actually now going to go well beyond that cool, from yeah. what we hear from HBO into lots of special effects and creating characters up and using as much CGI as possible to kind of fill in those missing scenes that haven't been filmed. Yeah, I've got a feeling we're going to see a lot of different characters and this is going to be completely different. I think we touched on this last week anyway. And what we've found out in the last week has been a lot of this is going to be completely different from the original and things that were cut. I like the idea of that though is getting the actors back would just be a pain in the ass at this point in time and probably delays majority of the release. Cause they haven't told us in when, in 2021, when this is going to get that, get that release. 
So it's probably easier for them just to, they could create Martian Manhunter, for example, or like some Green Lantern characters and add some extra things in like that. Um, all pretty much through CGI at, at the moment uh, for those guys. Uh, so I think that's interesting. And like you said, the original $30 million uh, sort of they were saying this is going to cost, I think is going to massively balloon out on top of that. Mm. Which is a bit uh, worrying really for HBO, you know, if it turns out to, you know, go anywhere beyond 50, you're almost, you know, approaching the original budget very slowly. Yeah. Oh, the original budget was 300 million though. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah, so it's so, a, bit, a bit of a, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's in the end that CGI is obviously a, a ridiculous cost. And just to put this together, I did notice because HBO has been, uh, HBO Max or whatever it is, was released in the States this week, I think. Um, or in the next couple of days. I think that's the, the release of it. I think this is looking more and more like it's going to be a six-parter or a four-parter. Yeah, I agree. And do and do take into consideration, though, that, that the Justice League was, you know, that budget piled up because of lots of reshoots and yeah. putting out moustaches and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm not sure what the original budget was. But, uh, yeah, no, it's still going to be an expensive movie either way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's pushing. It's going to be expensive, and that's why I think they'll push it to being probably six. I reckon they would have done four parts if it didn't cost as much because it would be in that same sort of three-month um, mm. sort of idea. But this sort of nails on. If HBO is being released in, like this week in the States, like we don't have it here in Australia or it will go to Foxtel. But it's looking more and more like this is going to be around that 12-month time, I reckon, since HBO would have started. So... This will be a key thing to keep subscribers over time, yes. I, I think, because HBO is obviously getting friends over there and the Harry Potter series and, and a number of those things that we have on different streaming platforms here in Australia. But over time, you obviously need to continue releasing uh, some impressive content to keep people. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in, in the show and tell segment, but it's looking more and more like the days of a binge watch is going, I think. Mm. And it's going to... These streaming services are going to continue to be what Foxtel was or a, a, a cable platform is in the States, that it's going to be released weekly or two episodes a week, et cetera, instead of just lumping us with a whole um, series to binge watch overnight. Because the money, I reckon too many people would, would cancel their subscription after a show and just keep getting it back and forth. So I agree. Do you watch the Friends special and the Justice League cut and you're good to go, yeah? HBO Max. Yeah, then you're done. Um, so the next thing, continuing on from from this Snyder world, um, there's been talks back and forth and uh, regarding the fact is, are these characters coming back? Is this going to reset a world? Um, is this now just a completely different universe than where our, our characters are sort of going in uh, at the moment? Because again, obviously, we you can listen to episodes eight and nine of Screen Blend and have a look at the DCEU chat that we've had to go back and have a squiz at that, everybody. But you're, after Justice League, everything sort of moved in a different direction. Things were sort of moving and some things didn't really connect with Justice League like a little bit and contradicted itself. But they're talking right now that uh, AT&T and Warner Brothers and DC would like Ben Affleck back as Batman. Now, where does this sit with you, Mace? Because uh, it's an interesting concept, I honestly think of mm. we're getting um, the Batman in 2021 with Robert Pattinson, or as I call him, Little Boy, in last week's episode. <laughs> I forgot his name. But now where does this sit with you? Because obviously it's going to be completely different. But, yeah, I'm just... I'm just I don't uh, know if they're going to get Ben Affleck back. I think he really did not enjoy the role 
to the extent that the other previous iterations of Batman have in the, and the retrospective actors. I don't think he will. And if he does, you know, I think he's going to go after quite a bit of money. Yeah. And at the same point, I think the studio is going to think this is probably too much for Affleck. He's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think he ever really enjoyed this role, especially to go and do his own solo film. Uh, it's great that the the Batman script he was originally doing, and I think he was also writing it. Yeah. It's good that, you know, that might go back into production. But him as an actor coming back to the role, I'm not getting my hopes up. And I don't think yeah. anyone really should, especially with that, like you said, with that second universe now starting after the yeah. Joker and yeah. Robert Patterson's Batman. I think it's just a fine, very fine line that it probably won't. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think, again, we won't know the numbers of how well this um, release does next year because they don't seem to tell us that sort of stuff. So unless it's a colossal hit and it makes gives them millions of subscribers, I believe we probably won't see something like this. Um, it's, it's good to think about and maybe the character comes on some flashpoint movie and pops in for a couple of minutes here or there but i think that the new batman um will be be the one we go with so this was a bit of information and news that really excites you because you're a fan of the games uh, kingdom hearts an animated series is coming on disney plus can you inform the listeners and viewers a little bit of information about that Max? yeah so kingdom hearts if you played the games it's a combination between uh the japanese rpg final fantasy yeah. mixed with all the disney licenses so the main games start with a character, an original character called Sora, and he goes around with Donald and Goofy to different Disney worlds in order to defeat the Heartless, which are almost like the villains of the of the game. And um, it's a very complicated storyline, but as the kind of game series has gone on, there's about 10 games and three main iterations of that yeah. game. Um, it's kind of started its own characters, so it's kind of has its own character base now over Final Fantasy or Disney. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see whether they adopt a new character, you know, like we said in the previous week, where they do an Assassin's Creed route, yeah. where they, you know, find a new character who does similar things to that, to what the main character Sora does in the games, or whether they just um, completely do a remake of what's happened in the game so far. Yeah. But I have heard this is all going to, this is going to be a completely done CGI yeah. show. Um, Cause I do think it would be too hard to do, as live action because it, the budget would go up so much. There's so many um, it's, well, it's Disney characters and Final yeah. Fantasy characters, which there's no um, grounded material that you can really film. Yeah. So I think that's a good cheaper route to do um, full CGI. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. It will be very, very interesting to see how it turns out, especially as a Disney Plus series. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited and I'm sure fans will be too. Because was... King was this a key release in PS2 or PS3, like the original? So Kingdom Hearts has banned since 2002. Yes, it was, a, it was a PS2 release, wasn't it, when PS2 was? Ah, uh, Yes, it was. It was yeah, originally yeah. a PS2 release. Yeah. yeah, that's what I remember, because I don't think I've played it since the PS2 one. And I remember, mm. like, so that's 18 years now. A long time ago. Um, yeah. yeah, a long time ago now. No, I, I remember uh, a fun game. I struggled probably a little bit with it, but it's probably one of those ones. It was quite I'm... a hard game. For what appears as a child's game yeah. and Disney, it is actually a very difficult game. Yeah, I, I, I remember some things and yeah, looking back at games back then now compared to it, I'm like, wow, that one was actually pretty difficult for me. So, mm. and I, it's something that I haven't really thought of, like that series and sort of things for a number of years, but uh, I can see this is what Disney is, is trying to do. 
and again, mm. they've probably got the CGI of these characters already done in some respects if they go with characters they've already used before. So they probably just need to relook at them in a little way and they can sort of just go on like that. I think it's an interesting concept and yeah. Disney Plus needs more and more original series in a way to to push everything and continue to, to get subscribers. Mm. So and There's always more games. There's more Kingdom Hearts games coming. So always be able to play off the games and the TV show can play off the you know the show and whatnot so yeah it'll, it'll be good it'll be good um now slide into one of your favorite series and james mangold is he's now lined up to direct uh indy five is that correct that's correct yeah so he's replacing steven spielberg who's yeah. been assigned to indiana jones five for a couple of years now yeah. and as you know spielberg's directed the last four films as well so he's kind of you know he kind of yeah. creates this franchise with george yeah. lucas so the fact that he's out now um, a lot of pressures riding on Mangold to yeah. produce something really good. Uh, so at this stage, it's planned for a 29th of July release date in 2022. Yeah. Uh, so it's still a while off. And I've heard lots of rumors that the scripts are going through multiple iterations, rewrites. So it's on a bit of a wonky road up until filming, I think. Um, now with this, does Harrison Ford have to be indie? Is that what we're looking at now? or are they... Yes, he will be. This will be his last Indiana Jones film. Okay. Um, Even though he's freaking old. Yeah, <laughs> so he'll yeah. be a CGI double half the time. Yeah, because he's 77 now. So that means yeah. he'll be 80 by the time. And the thing is with him is he looks old now. Like, I'm looking mm. at, like, let's go Indy 4. When was Indy 4? That would have been, like... That was 2008. So, like, he looks sort of old in that because he is. Mm. But he yeah. sort of looks like... <laughs> Because that would mean he's like 60s. So it's like he can get away with it. But now you're heading to 80 when the time of release. It's like, really, guys? Yeah, a bit and physically demanding for him for an action film, I think, at this rate. That so, they don't need so, him for everything. No. And, and I think they'll, yeah. What, what's your thoughts on this? Especially because I know we haven't really gone into this. And again, I always say each week, this would be an interesting topic. Um, well, I think it would be. Yeah, I'd love to yeah. go into Indiana Jones. Yeah. But I, I think it's a larger thing of old 80s, 70s franchises coming back for sequels and sequels. And do we have to continue with these characters? And Well, mm, mm, I think it's hit or miss. Yeah. Do we go to Indiana Jones 6, 7, 8 with someone else playing Indy? Because that universe is like you can't just go with Bob Jones in Indiana Jones The this. Like... Yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean. Like you can't just have his son and Shia Boot, you know, like all that sort of shit. Like I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by this one because I just go, really, do we need another indie? Are they looking? Is the studio just looking at it as a way that they can, like, it's a guaranteed money hit? Pass on the baton, I think, is the point because Shia Booth was, you know, yeah. his son in the fourth one, and I think that was the idea of the fourth to pass it on to Shia Booth to carry the franchise from there. Yeah. But as we know, Shia Booth kind of fell off the rails um, after that film. So I think they kind of almost do another idea yeah. of, you know, finding someone to take the mantle and carry it on from five onwards without Ford. Yeah. Because I forget Shire at that point was like 20. He was real young. Mm. Mm. Like, yeah, so they would have really, yeah, poor bloody, poor bugger. Um, <laughs> but I don't even think, was the fourth one good? Sorry, no. we were going to, yeah. No, <laughs> I, so I, 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 I mean, I, I didn't mind it. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was it wasn't as good as the original trilogy, but yeah. it was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, because I remember I don't and hate I go, it this much. Yeah, I remember it just being like, really, guys? Like it wasn't amazing, but oh well. That that is what it is. 
Um, so yeah. now, f- final thing is, and on our game sort of related podcast for today, Last of Us is still continuing to get released next month um, here in Australia. It's June nineteenth. Uh, you had a little bit of information regarding that. Um, yeah, so they recently re- released kind of a new gameplay segment that just showed off a bit more about you know the open worlds that Ellie can yeah. go into in the new Last of Us Two. So this is still aiming for a July, no, um, sorry, June nineteenth release date. And at this stage, all the reviewers all do have the copy of the game and they're all playing through it now. I wish we had it, but we unfortunately don't. So our review will be coming a bit further in June. Uh, But at this stage, all reviews will be coming out. The embargo will be June 12th. So we'll be able to know how amazing um, Naughty Dog's Last of Us 2 will be then. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. We were talking a little bit about this off air and we'll end up doing a bit of a a look back uh, at the original uh, game at the time of release um, for this one, and then we'll, we'll get into the game. Oh, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a, an interesting uh, game in the end. And I'm trying to not check any spoilers because I accidentally clicked on something and I saw something. So I'm like, oh, that better not be it. Yeah, be uh, very careful with spoilers, yeah. everyone. Yeah, 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 lots of leaks. Yeah, lots of leaks at the moment. And it's one of those ones now, as I'm sort of also like, whenever we get like an Avengers leak or something, I'm like, I don't know, there's 80 million different leaks probably all of these are untrue or they're all true. So I just looked at it and I was like, oh, bloody hell, this this better not be it. But uh, that's the beauty of bloody Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of shit is just don't look at it. <laughs> just don't yeah, even bother yeah. with it. So um, we'll slide into today's main topic now, unless there's any other bits of news, Mace, that you've got. No, that's, that's the work. It's been a slow week. So I think we should get on to the main topic. So main topic now is we're talking about the Nintendo Switch. Um, a popular console in this day and age right now while we're in quarantine, social distancing. And I think it is the perfect uh, sort of... Now, which one do you think sort of had a bigger cultural sort of hit? The Wii or the Switch when it, when both originally came out their own times? I think the Wii did, definitely, because yeah. the Wii kind of helped mainstream audiences yeah. get amongst the consoles yeah. and the console generation and the, you know, the movement controls yeah. as well, really help define a generation switch has sold very well and yeah. don't get me wrong it's an amazing console but definitely didn't have the influence that the wii originally did in no, kind exactly. of attracting that general audience who didn't play games prior um so when i'm just trying to remember when when was the wii out that'd been like a 2008 2006, 2006. okay sorry jack I believe. Uh, do, you, do you have the exact release date <laughs> the original wii date um yeah i can i can sure i can quickly no i found it i'm just saying do you remember it Oh, oh, so yeah. I am correct. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, let me guess. Uh, May 24th. No, nah, completely wrong. November, oh, okay. <laughs> November 19th. I, oh, wasn't, okay. I wasn't expecting you to, to get it. I was just, just checking. Um, so, no, I think in the end, like, I remember the Wii being, a, it was such a big thing at the end, like Wii Sports and that bloody Wii Fit where they made you buy that bloody box. You had to get up on it, step on it and step side yeah, to side. Yeah, I avoided that one. Oh, and I remember getting that. Me and Eri turned that on, and this would probably be like three or four years ago now. They're like, you have not been on for 1,785 days. <laughs> you are fat. <laughs> yeah, basically saying you're fat. And I'm like, far out. Like I've, I was like, okay, yeah, stuff this. Um, so no, but I think the Switch, I remember of when that sort of came out, I know a lot of people were like, oh, what the hell is sort of, what is this for the generic sort of gamer? Is that sort of right? You're mm. seeing like, oh, look at this. This has got the TV. It's portable. It's all this sort of stuff. Like how does this sort of work? Um, can you can you take us back to just quickly before we get into everything? When you first saw the switch, what was your first thoughts on the the console? 
Well, you're talking to one of the only people who actually owned a Wii U, which yep. was the, <laughs> which was uh, the sequel to the Wii, um, the original Nintendo Wii, yeah. and that failed. That was a huge bomb. Yeah. So Nintendo didn't have a lot going for it um, between 2012 and when the Switch was released. Yeah. So was a, there was very few games that ended up being released for the Wii U, and as you know, um, that was a big mistake yeah. on my behalf to get. Because uh, there was only a few good games like Mario Kart 8, yeah. Super Smash Brothers, maybe Pokken Tournament, um, and the re- and the rest kind of kind of fizzled out. All the p- future plan releases for that console uh, died out and got ported yeah. to the Switch, and all the successful ones came onto the Switch anyway, like Mario Kart Deluxe. So now it's just sitting there gathering dust, yeah. uh, gathering some dust. So the Switch kind of you know revitalized Nintendo after such yeah. a poorly con- um, received console. And it pretty much implemented everything yeah. the Wii you did, except you don't. You can bring the Wii, uh, you can bring the Switch anywhere you want. Whereas the Wii, you could kind of carry it around, but you can only take it so far away from the console. Yeah. So I think what made the Switch good is that it's versatile. You can bring it everywhere, and as soon as you get home, you can plug it into your TV and play within seconds. Yeah, because was th- correctly the Wii had to be close to the actual Wii console, correct? It, well, the Wii U, because remember the Wii, Wii U was the console portable. and the screen. Yeah, yeah. you yes. can only carry it maybe, maybe ten meters before it lost yeah. connection. Yeah. So you obviously, that, and that's where I think that was the problem with that Wii U is if you could have had the Wii U as like a PSP style, PSP style sort of thing, would have been better. In, mm. in the way, like yes. if, if that was fully portable, but then you could connect it to the. And again, obviously, that is what the body switch is, and they probably mm. worked out after that, like guys, we needed we need to do this now. Um, so your your first thoughts when the, the switch came out, you you were obviously happy, and did you get that straight away? Was that a a pre order? No, I, I I usually wait until a few good games come out onto my consoles before I get them. Yeah. So I waited to get my switch until I think late 2018 when Super yeah. Smash Brothers came out. Yeah. Um, because all the other games that were ported originally for the switch, I already had in my Wii U. Oh. So I was like, mm, don't really see the point. But I'm slowly kind of getting the switch versions now yeah. as it becomes more popular. Yeah, because I, I still think before we get into uh, games specifically, whenever I still go to JB and you look online and I've got your generic Switch games that every Tom, Dick and sort of Harry has, there's really still like not that much of a catalogue or is it just, it's like the Wii specific, it's the Nintendo specific games that the Switch is really popular with. Like I feel like none of your mainstream sort of games ever get onto that, even though it's a HD console. I'm just guessing maybe it's, power is not there to run any any bigger games is that correct or is it my um well to be honest the nintendo 64 had a lot of third-party games so the gamecube the wii wii u and switch don't have as many third-party games i mean there's slowly they're slowly being released onto the switch now lots of remakes yeah um now come on like bioshock remake and the borderlands remake are slowly making their way into the console but I think in the last few generations, Nintendo have pride themselves on first-party games. You know, the Mario games, the Pokemon games, and yeah. any kind of spin-off, spin-off um, Metroid, Zelda. So I think that's, you know, those games are quality enough to kind of keep people, you know, not worrying too much about third-party games because the Nintendo games Nintendo make yeah. are such high quality yeah. that I don't care if they get a Zelda game every four or five years or a Mario game every couple of years because they're so good that they will wait around and keep their console until the next Nintendo game. Yeah, because I, I do enjoy all of the specific games the Switch does have the, from Nintendo. Like, I really do enjoy them. 
Um, mm. But I, because I, I even just got like typical me, I got FIFA on the bloody Switch because I took it away with me. And it's like, it's clearly, and I think they also say in the back somewhere, it's like gameplay is from FIFA 17 or FIFA 8. Like you can just mm. tell it's like, we haven't even put a second into this. We're just re-releasing this each year and just hoping people people come through. But I guess that's fine in um, in a way anyway. Um, so it's not too bad. I don't mind it. Um, so no, we're going to go into our list of sort of games. Uh, Mace, do you want to go through, is it your top five or do you want to just talk yeah. about games sort of individually? Or you're yeah, just so I reckon if, if you're going to pick up some Switch games, I reckon we'll go into a top five. Yeah. Um, of And we're, what we're talking about today is we're not talking about online multiplayer. We're well, talking no. about couch co-op. So you're having your mate in the same room. So those kind of games. But before we go into it, our top five, just want to give a few honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, so if these are all games you should all definitely pick up. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's about two that I'd like just to briefly mention. Yeah, and that's Overcooked 2. Yeah, which is a fun kind of cooking game that you can yeah. play with your mate on the couch. Yeah. It's, cu- it's a kind of a bird's eye view cooking yeah. game where you're playing as little characters, cutting up little things, and you yeah. can work together to kind of cook different recipes yeah. and then there's splatoon 2 which is the closest you'll get to a shooter on nintendo switch yeah. so it's a third person shooter where instead of guns you might have seen this will where you've got a paintbrush or a paint gun yeah and it's got single players probably not worth it but for the online multiplayer is pretty amazing um so there's classic spins on you know what your normal kind of multiplayer yeah. game modes are uh, but there's turf wars where you've got your paint gun. There's two sides and you've got a, the person who paints the most yeah. of the area with their weapon wins the game. And yeah. at the end, it tallies how much paint across the map, whether it's purple or the orange. Yeah. And that whoever's painted the most wins. Um, and it's got a few twists. You know, you can sink into your own paint yeah. um, to regain ammo. And then you can pop up and move around in that, which adds a you know a few yeah. different tactics from a normal standard shooter. But very fun. I, I'm still playing this to this day, about yeah. three years after it's been released. Yeah. And no, very good online multiplayer, but not part of my top five. Okay, interesting. Because I think that's always the. It's sort of like there isn't many straight up like you're saying shooters and stuff because the Switch is like a family friendly console in mm. a way. Reminds me of like a Disney Plus movie. There's not much blood or guts or something. So yeah, they got to find awesome. it's the Dis- Nintendo Switch is the Disney Plus <laughs> of streaming <laughs> of consoles. Of. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. you have to do other things to. You still people want to shoot them shooting game, but you have to give other ways ways of doing it. Um, mm. No, I think like you said before, yeah, just clarifying these are your, your friend games having having people over. The other one I, w- I wanted to talk about myself because just for everyone's uh, point, I've got a lot of Switch games, but I, I don't always play the, the switch as much uh, i play more of our top three or four we've picked but i i did get that was something that really interested me and i remember playing the original marvel ultimate alliances back on like the ps2 etc so marvel ultimate alliance 3 the black order um came out uh, last year and i've played sort of three quarters of the way through it uh good for individual play so you can obviously play just by yourself but it is also much more fun to have someone else with you in the room. Now, the only thing I find a little bit of a struggle with it is when you play with other people is I feel like it's a very individual game, but it's easy just to pick up with someone else. I don't know if you could play the whole game with someone else and go through the whole story, if that makes sense. Okay, is there certain parts that kind of throw the second player out, is there? Oh, no, it's just that the whole thing is four players at once. So there's four characters always in the same battle. So it's just, oh, okay. it's like a linear story. Like you have to go to this spot, then you have to defeat them. You have to go to there. So but I don't know if I picked it up and you and I started to play from the first one and we sort of 
we just worked our way through it together. If we did that, maybe it would be more fun. Um, yeah. No, I, I think it's an enjoyable game. Clearly, they threw in Thanos and the Black Order uh, to tie in with Avengers. Keep it up. So yeah. che- cheeky buggers, but a lot of playable characters uh, right now. So throws in the Guardians, throws in sort of X-Men, Fantastic Four characters. I haven't unlocked them all yet. Uh, throws in a lot of the bad guys. So it's pretty much nearly every big Marvel character is in it and you, and you can play through. So to getting to play those characters is fun, enjoyable. All of them have um, very distinct powers and you can see a, a lot of work sort of being connected into that. So it's an interesting game. Characters are very cartoony, uh, so don't always understand. How would you that. describe the game? Is it strategic? Is it, you know, bo- is it bird's eye view, first person? Uh, it is more, for me, it's a button bash. For me, it's just a massive <laughs> okay. button bash. And I think my biggest problem with it is I pick up and play very regularly. So it's like to get and understand the controls again, I have to sort of slowly build up into it. And I think if I played, like, cause I, I remember I got it and I played through for like a couple of days and got pretty far through and everything was good. And then I reckon it was like a 2K or a FIFA came out and then I stopped playing for a bit and then I'd pick it up occasionally and I'd sort of struggle because I need to get into it again. It's definitely more of like a bird's eye view sort of um, high sort of angle looking at all, all the characters that are going on. But no, I think it's an enjoyable time and one that you and I should probably, next time you come over, we'll have a bit of a button bash and, and play through. So... Uh, you, you can tell, though, I, I was intrigued that it's just a Switch game because I could see it previously. They were on PlayStation and Xbox, the original two. So, no, an interesting one. But we'll get into our top five now, Mace. And you yeah, can... so I like to say that uh, maybe four and five might differ, but I yeah. think Nintendo clearly has a very clear set of the top three in which a lot of people can probably guess now, but are very defining and fantastic yeah. um, couch co-op games. Mm-hmm. But number five... Um, I've got uh, Super Mario Deluxe. So that's your classic 2D Mario game. So this is number five. And you can play it the best bit is, um, unlike previous iterations, um, there there was one before this you could play with a partner. But this one, uh, one person plays as Mario, the other person can kind of choose their character, Luigi, Peach, whatnot, Toad. Um, And it's your classic run and jump coins, 2D platformer. You can play through all the levels together with a friend. Um, in, you know, that includes all the boss yeah. battles. And it's fun. You know, it requires a bit of strategy. Make sure your partner jumps at the same time. Yeah. It's quite forgiving at the same time. Uh, but it's it's cute. And anyway, once again, similar to many games in this list, it's e- really easy to pick up. You know, A's jump. You move along, yeah. side-scrolling. And if you played a Mario game before, you'll be pretty familiar with it. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, I... I didn't really grow up with uh, the 2D Mario games. I was more Mario Sunshine, Mario 64. But uh, no, I, th- I definitely yeah recommend this. So this came out early last year and yeah. uh, is very similar to the Wii, Wii U version. Uh, but yeah, no, lots of fun. And uh, if you, especially if the person's not very good at games, I think this yeah. is pretty simplistic to kind of just pick up and go especially for those younger kids does it have a lot of replayability like once you finish it uh the game through is it uh like yeah does it have can you just then is it fun to then go start from the start again uh yes it is yeah yeah but then saying that there's lots of um you know there's you can always with mario games you can do little time trials for yourself and mix up the gameplay um so yeah no there's got lots of replayability as well yeah okay cool um that's good i I haven't i haven't to be honest with you guys i haven't played this one yet i don't think 
Uh, I haven't played. No, that's it fine. Yet. But what's your number five, Cubs? Uh, well, I, I would say at the moment, this this is my biggest thing. Is uh, my number five? I'm going to jump off your list a little bit here, anyway, because I'm more of our top two or three that we've got in here. So, I oh, do you want to hold hold off until we. Get yeah, there? yeah, no, because in the end, my more replayability and and my top five games, uh, I would say is pretty much bang on bang on with yours because I think Marvel's Avengers would probably be my my fifth one there. But I think there is, I need to play that more with another person. Uh, yep. So go, go into your number four now, Matt. Yeah, so number four was only released uh, Halloween last year. So that's Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. So you don't need to play the other Luigi's Mansion really to get the gist of this. Um, so it's Luigi in this one. He's kind of gone to a yeah. you know luxurious hotel. So it should be called Luigi's Hotel 3. Um, and... Mario and Peach all get kidnapped and put into a, a frame yeah. and King Boo is the main villain of this game. So he's yeah. kind of only been the villain of the mansion series and Luigi has to go with his poltergeister, yeah. um, which is very similar to Ghostbusters. You have to go and suck yeah. up all these different ghosts and uh, go and find Mario and Peach and yeah. essentially save the day. So, yeah. and, and I thought this was really fun. I've played the first one. Oh, back in 2000. I haven't yeah. played one since. Uh, I haven't played Dark Moon or anything on the 3DS. So it's really fun. Really fun. Um, uh, pretty basic controls. It's no Super Mario Deluxe. You know, you're still, there's a bit of an edge learning curve yeah. in terms of, you know, you know, suck up the ghost. You know, you have to put the control um, in one direction while you yeah. hold another one down to actually get the ghost. Um, and each floor, there's 17 floors, um, each with their own level design. So there's an Egyptian level. Yeah. You know, there's a botanist level. There's um, a dancing disco level where Luigi's dancing with all these ghosts. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And you can do couch co-op. So a second person can play as Gooigi. Yeah. So they just yeah. push the start button, buzz in, which is a green version of Luigi that the game needs to progress through puzzles. And, you know, you can go through drain pipes, to unlock a gate for Luigi and buy, yeah. you know, little things like that. So it's a good strategy game between you and your friend. And there's also kind of competitive co-op as well in the multiplayer suite where you can kind of go through different floors and yeah. compete with your mate against who can catch as many ghosts as possible. Um, but I know I loved it. I wasn't expecting much when I downloaded it, but uh, it is a, it's a lot, of fun, a lot of fun. So uh, the biggest thing for me with a, a lot of these games too is I look at the Switch um, price point for a lot of the games and go like, oh, is it value for my, like, because I know there's, like we would obviously the one or two um, ones at the top, uh, mm. I think have a lot of replayability and you're sort of looking at, um, for example, it's, uh, I'm just trying to think, sorry, it's just bloody people freaking messaging me from work about stuff, but you, you're looking at your main one or two and I don't want to give away, away our list, but I, I see them as a lot of like, I can sit down in the couch and go, we want to play this is, would you, go up to someone or you're having someone over and go, let's play Luigi's Mansion 3. Is that a thing over the top of the other games? Um, not if you finished it with your friend. I don't okay. think once you finish the story in about 12 hours, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to go back. You can yeah. go and hunt down some booze, um, collect some crystals, which yeah. unlocks you minor variations of like a lamp with boo on it yeah. or a crystal um, kind of poltergeist sucker. Yeah. Um, but nothing really to give you that incentive enough to kind of go through it again. But that's why it's got the co-op um, and the multiplayer suite that you yeah. play online. Yeah. Um, that adds a bit of replay value. And there's some DLC for that too. 
But I would say compared to other stuff on the list, I would say the Ouija's Mansion doesn't really come close in terms of replayability. Okay, cool. So your number three, and this is where I come a little, little bit more into it. And now this is probably one of the games I love playing, but I am the worst person in the world at it. And I bloody suck. And I've never understood it. I've never got it. Playing back from old days um, on the Wii to bloody every single ever console uh, that this game has been on, I've sucked. And I think it's one of those ones I've just never really done it and I've always been behind. So mm. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on this. That's basically my thoughts is I enjoy playing the game, but I think my enjoyability, I don't know if the game gives a lot to people who never play it before against people who have always played it. So I think it's tough when like you and I can come out on and you're much better than I am. And yeah, I, but and at the same time... Yeah. I think it's a very versatile, accessible fighter compared to yeah. you know, some like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people can just a lot more easily pick this up yeah. and relatively be good at it. No offense to you, yeah. um, <laughs> but uh, it's I think it's a pretty amazing franchise. Like I've played uh, every one on Nintendo sixty four, yeah. you know, um, GameCube, whatnot. So and Ultimate brings back all the maps from the previous four Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. And so you've got yeah. all the maps and every single character. So starting off without the DLC, there's 70 plus characters that you can choose from 74, I think, um, which is a huge roster. Like it, yeah. you'd be hard to come by a fighting game that has this many characters and this many maps straight out of the box. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's very accessible. You can button mash or you can go with some strategy. You know, the, this game has a huge following of yeah. professional players as well in the E-League. You know, who know how to, you know, do air dashes and blocks and all this kind of stuff, amazing stuff. But like you and me, we're more button mashes and you can yeah. still get away with it and still finish, you know, the story or, yeah. you know, a level nine difficulty player quite easily. Yeah. But yeah, what, what do you think? What do you think kind of well, coming into this generation and this game? What are your original views? So I think the hardest thing for me is with, with all of this is I was not a Nintendo uh, like I didn't have a GameCube, didn't have that when I was growing up. So I was always came behind when I'd play Super Smash Brothers with people. So that's like my whole point before is because I'm not great at it, I think I'd need to play it by myself a bit to understand the basics. Whereas whenever I get into the game, I just start just button bashing, button bashing for fun. And yeah. then I'm just always playing catch up when I'm like, I reckon if I actually sat down before playing it with people, and understood the buttons because I like start button bashing and then I'm like, oh, that does that. Let's continue doing this. Or mm. so I sort of struggle in those respects. And like, I enjoy the game. I enjoy the experience. Um, mm. And it's got an awesome amount of re uh, replayability because I'm just more in happy with the two or three people that I'm sitting with playing the game and enjoying it with. Yeah. I, I think just because it, it's similar to me playing a Call of Duty game. Like I suck at shooting games. It's not even funny, like how bad you and I play Halo, and I'm just shit. Like, yeah, how about COD? You were pretty good at COD. Nah, I'm sure. Oh, see, I'm fine at COD. I just give up because, like, once oh. I get down and I'm like one kill to four deaths, I'm just like, I can't get back into this now. And I think hmm. more, I enjoy sometimes like these COD games or whatever. And because in Super Smash Brothers, you can play in teams, correct? Also, or is it just always? Yes, you can play in teams. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I think I'm yeah, better in the. Two, te yeah. I'm better in the team games because someone can carry me uh, <laughs> than, than, fair, yeah. uh, than a um, individual one. Like I enjoy playing quality if it's like capture the flag or team death match, et cetera, because 
I feel like some games I can do really well. Whereas if it's just me versus 15 other people, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I know I'm going to die and I'm not going to have as much, as much fun. Mm. So yeah, I, yeah, I, uh, and I enjoy the characters you can play as. And, and it's one of those games, like I won't, obviously we're not talking about playing it by yourself. And yes. And I, I think it's, it has a cultural connection with people. I think this game. Like it, it does. It, and I mean, in this one too, there's a single player aspect called World of Light, which is you going around a, almost a two-dimensional art board, yeah. trying to um, battle different variations yeah. of different characters um, with a very brief story kind of thrown in between light and dark. Yeah. It's pretty rushed. Um, or not necessarily rushed, but um, it's very much the kind of multiplayer just thrown kind of into a story very lightly. Yeah. Um, but that's good for people coming in um, who are playing by themselves. But I think, you know, once again, this is a multiplayer yeah. game, you know, by, you know, it's born to be a multiplayer game. And it's got so many characters. Like, I'd love to know your favorite character, Will. But, you know, we've got the Mario series. It's born Sonic over the years. Pac-Man. Banjo-Kazooie came in through DLC last year. It's got the dog and the duck from that shooter arcade game that everyone's forgotten about, but you know, why not? Let's put them in there. It's got so many different series and franchises as part of it, which also makes it very unique. Where's the playable characters? Who's my favorite? You'll be there for a while. No, no, no I'm just looking now. Well, you know, when you're like, why does it just give me a bloody list of the playable characters? It's giving me a paragraph, bloody Wikipedia. Just give me a bloody list. <laughs> oh, here we go, characters. I clicked the wrong one. Um, Who's the one that does mm. um, series veteran? Yeah. Who you yeah. No, again, this is my problem with this game is I know the characters by look. I don't know their oh, names. Okay. So okay. Like, you can describe I, I, them, I'll try. Yeah, but I'm just uh I'm gonna go photo can I go photos? Let me go here. There's something here. No, yeah, there's so many different characters over the years. Um, you know, there's Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy. Um, characters like we just said from Splatoon. But I think this is the um, thing for me about this mm. series is it's like I can remember bloody random bloody birthdays of footballers. Like I can't remember a name of this. The one who looks like the Iron Man y type of guy. Meta Knight. Yeah, yeah, him. He's my favorite. From Kirby, the big bowl with the cape. Yeah. Yes, I think that's the guy I'm talking about. He's just really fast and just you can almost hack and slash, button mash. Yeah, that would make sense actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm a button bash. Yeah, so. yeah. That's that's the guy I'm talking about. So no, I think that's always the problem with this game is I would not know. Um, like, oh no, that's not who I'm talking about. Um, oh, all right, okay. No, right. let I, me pretty, know when you get to it. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm like looking through all the names here, and I'm like, who is it? Who is it? Who is and the it? best part is, you know, Sakurai, yeah. the director of the game, you know, he's constantly adding new characters, and there's the DLC pack too. That's coming out, you know, later this year and into next year as well with uh, six oh, new characters. Samus. Oh, you got it? Samus. Was it Seamus? You mean Samus? Samus. 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 That's the one. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Samus. Yeah. Yeah. That's an Iron Man. Yeah. He looks like an Iron Man type of character to me. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. But it's actually a she, Will. Uh, it's actually oh. a girl. Oh, yeah. sorry. Iron Woman. <laughs> Iron Woman. <laughs> yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is in that yeah. suit. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, Sam is a good character. No, good choice, good choice. I think that's just yeah, more because that for me is a button, like, because I just button bash in this. So that's, um, yeah, that's that, that's my character that, that I, I would pick. And I, like I say, I enjoy the game. It's a good, it's a good pick up and play with your mates. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as you know, you can tell my love for the game just through hearing this. So, 
yeah, if you've got a few mates and yeah. you're in the store and you think, hmm, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate might give this a try, yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Even if you don't like fighting games to that extent, I still think it's got enough content and they're just to last for a very, very long time. And yeah. even if you just like yourself, you know, button yeah. mash or you're a you know, pro player, I think it's yeah. the best of both worlds. Yeah. Perfection. So number two, and again... I think we all know what the clear number one is because I'm better at it than you. Um, But number two is Mario Party, both on our list. One of our our sort of super Mario Party. Super Mario Party. Sorry, Mm. Um, (laughs) the correct wording there. But no, I think Mario Party straight up for me is just like we've got a couple of hours to kill and this is just going to be fun because I enjoy it. Like it's a bloody good game. Like it's so much fun. And I, it, I think it's one of those games too that's like, this can, can create some serious family problems. Like, if <laughs> just like Monopoly, yeah, you can ruin families because of this game. And now again, there's obviously like you said, there's been millions of iterations to of this series of games. Is this one of your favourite Mario parties, or where where does it rank in your Mario? Well, party as far series? as Mario parties go, at this stage, as this is only one the Switch, I would yeah. say pick it up. Yeah. Um, as a party game but it's by far not my favorite I mean there's yeah. been I think it was something like 10 prior to this yeah. um, first one was Nintendo 64 and I love 1, 2 and 3 I think still yeah. think they're the best yeah. maybe 4 on the GameCube um, but between I think 8, 9 and 10 it kind of you didn't have your own player I think you're all yeah. as part of the same cart Yeah. Um, so you all roll the die together you move around the map together yeah. so this one's gone back to its roots and you know, there's four separate players across the board, yeah. which I love again yeah. over those last installments. Um, but no, it's not my favorite. There's only five maps. I yeah. think that's what holds it back. It's quite yeah. limited in content. There's no DLC pass for this game announced yet, which is really disappointing. Yeah. So they might release in Super Mario Party 2 or something, or, yeah. you know, the 12th one um, sometime in the future. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the only thing that holds it back. I still think it's a great Mario Party game at its core in terms of gameplay. Yeah. It just needs a bit more content. Yeah, I, I would have to nearly agree because I was—I played it not that long ago back at home because my Switch is sitting at the parents at the moment, so we always have something to do when we're there. But playing it, I really enjoy the experience. But uh, some of the previous ones, like you said, there's a lot more maps and you don't... Sometimes in the last times I've picked it up, I'm like, oh, I've just played that map. We just played that map. Mm. Or we're getting these games again, these mini games and stuff. And I, yeah. I know it's difficult to... like. Are they using a lot of game mini games previously? Because they didn't play a lot of the first one, two, three, four. Are they using a lot of those old previous mini games, or is it all new created mini games essentially? It's all new created mini games. I'm mean, sure you have to run out of ideas at some stage. Yeah. So there are some that yeah. share similar ideas, but they are completely new in terms of design and appearance yeah. and how you play them with the Switch controls. Uh, so that all is original and just in case anyone's just a bit confused what Mario Party is it's a online it's a virtual board game yeah and every other you roll the dice your player moves forward um, you collect coins in the way and after everyone's had a turn you play a little a little mini game which is a little short two-minute game that how would you some describe would say it? Two, some would lose. say two minutes is a long time Jack <laughs> stop with these jokes um but yeah um and whoever wins that gets some more coins and the whole idea is the person who collects the most stars on the board so there's a little toad with you know the star in front of them and if you land on it you pay 20 coins for a star then they move somewhere else on the board 
and the person who goes around and buys yeah. the most stars wins at the end of um, how many turns the player yeah. decides. So when we play this always, I think it's one of those hard ones because a lot of people always just go to 10, 10 turns or whatever. Because yeah, it's short, it's brief. Yeah. yeah, it's brief. And whereas I don't think you get enough out of the game in a 10-turn game. Like when, you do, when you're doing like a 40-turn game, you're like, this takes bloody forever. Like, and I think that's nearly sometimes the hard part of this game is like you could dominate a 10 turn round and then just lose because some the game decides to give this person three stars. Like, I sort of yeah. like I hate I hate that aspect of it sometimes because I get really competitive with my Mario Party. Um, yeah, uh, I it does get me angry. I'm not an angry person, but when you know someone gets a star for no reason on the board or. Yeah someone wins a stupid mini game because I stuff up, you know, just due, due to a minor mistake, I do get pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so it is your classic board game in that regard that, you know, you're, uh, you can be quite affected by it. Um, is it one for you though, that you would prefer to play with four people than two and two computer? Is that a thing like you'd prefer to have four people in? in oh in yeah. Actually out of all the games on this list, while yeah. this game does have computer players, I think you do need people yeah. to play this game. Yeah. It has not even come close to being fun with by yourself. No, no, not at all. When we talk about our number one, you can play that by yourself um, and that can mm. be fine. Whereas I think this year here, you need to have three minimum, two to three. Even with two, oh, it's yeah. just not as fun yeah. because it's that whole point of the four of you playing against each other in the mini games, what makes this fun. And I think mm. sometimes the computer and then you, you either put the computer on hard or whatever the hardest setting is. And then they're sometimes even like really ridiculous, but you put them on like a middle setting and they're just so easy to, like it doesn't give that um, no. connection as much. So, and I think mm. you can't play this game individually. I know we're not talking about playing games individually, but I, I don't believe you really can play this game by yourself. Yeah. And it like, tries to mix up the formula with, you know, a few different um, modes, you know, did you play that rowing one where you're in the rowing boat yeah. and you've got to steer into different mini games and points? Yeah. I mean, they've tried to put a spin on it to hide the lack of content and that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a few little diversions there. It's definitely worth a pick up, especially if it's on sale. Like yeah. it's currently 60 bucks on Nintendo Shop. Yeah. Um, but you can find it cheaper. You can probably find it for $50 on Amazon, yeah. which is no, a no, good deal. I think it's, at this time, it is a perfect, you got four mates over. And at any age, you can play this. It's not like, pardon me, you could have four guys over in your mid-20s like we are. And you could all go, yeah, well, let's play some Mario yeah. Party. And yeah. as you would say, have a couple of beers you know, <laughs> crack open. Maybe it's a good praise game. Yeah. 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 It actually is a very good praise game when we can actually get out and about it at um, some point. So moving on into our number, number one. one, I think it's mm, everyone will say, guess everyone what this might be. Um, and I'm the world champion of this Mario Kart Deluxe um, yes. edition. So was it Mario Kart 8? Deluxe? It's yeah. Mario Kart 8 on the Nintendo, on the Wii, on the Wii U, but it's essentially all the DLC was packaged as part of Mario yeah. Kart 8 and re-released on the Switch as Mario Kart yeah. Deluxe. Okay, perfect. Mm. So um, straight up thoughts on the greatest game ever released. Oh, I, I love it. You know, this, this, this is another franchise that's been going on since the 64 yeah. era, actually before that on the NES era. Um, so it's been going on for a very long time, but this one's almost the pinnacle of it. They've, you know, found, you know, just the right amount of, you know, maps and different yeah. carts and different ways to customize your cart that keeps the longevity of the gameplay okay, going yeah. for a long time. It's balanced as well. Um, whereas I remember playing Double Dash back in the day and there was, you know, a few things where I thought were quite unfair, but this is, yeah, perfectly balanced. 
There's no, 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 no cart or no character that's better than one another. Yeah. And um, yeah, with the DLC from Mario Kart 8 all thrown into this package on the Switch, there's, once again, similar to Super Smash, there's so many different maps, you know. You've got the classic Rainbow Road and, yeah. your, you know, your Desert Dunes and your Yoshi, Yoshi, um, your Yoshi um, world map. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, I can't rate this game hardly enough. No, I, I, for me, in someone that loves uh, this, this for me, like in a way, came back into my life a little bit in the old. I always thought like it's one of those games where everyone thinks they're really good, mm. like like everyone sort of comes up and you're like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm real good at and this. And that game. shows accessibility plus. Everyone yeah. thinks it's a master. That's what you want everyone to think when they play a game, and especially in a, yeah, a pick up and play stuff because you and I have some ridiculously good battles in this, and you would always cheat using your Wii U because I'd then be stuck on a Wii remote and it wasn't fair. At least with the Switch, we're all even, uh, all even there. But no, I think it's a, it's such a great game that you can have. And it highlighted for me, we started playing it on Christmas Day here. We had Christmas at my place, and it was like eighteen of us over, and we just started playing. And everyone wanted to have a shot, and everyone wanted to have a goal, and people weren't understanding what was going on. And Dad had never played it and didn't understand how the body Switch worked and all this stuff. And then after one or two races, like he got the hang of it and was actually not too bad. And I think, like you said, is it, it's always instead of having like a lot of DLC in a way, the fact is that when you unlock a new car or you unlock something like it feels like after every race, you're getting something for playing. It's like a reward factor around it and it keeps you interested, even though like you're saying, I'm just looking at a website here that does say like, Oh, this car is a little better than this card or obviously like little tweaks, like not massive, but there are little, little things apparently obviously to them once you start sort of looking into it. And, I, and I'm no expert by, by any um, fact, but it does have so many good game modes, so many different cards, so many different ways that you can play this. And it also is quite an enjoyable online participating game, even by yourself. Like it's quite, and when you win like a 200cc race online, you're like, whoa, I'm real good. Like you're real up and about. But I remember I won one, whatever the hardest thing is, I won one a couple of months ago at the start of quarantine. And I was like, oh, God, I'm good. I reckon I can't play this ever again. Like, I think I'm real good at this. So, no, I think it's a fun game and it's enjoyable. And this is straight away when I think about the Switch. If you're turning on my Switch, I'd say nine times out of ten, this this little um, game is in there. Like, but What say. pisses you off, Will? That last-minute banana, that, that you know, that blue shell that you're coming first for the first three laps and that comes and hits you just yeah. before you cross the finish line. Oh, I've yeah. never seen you angry or me angrier when <laughs> something like that happens. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah, you and I have some, some good ones in this because I, I think that's the beauty of it, though, is really they try and make it so... It, like, I think sometimes it's the beauty, but it's also the stuff nature of it. They try and make it so fair. Like, mm. it, you can be last... And then get a bloody mother f and rocket, and you mm, get yourself to, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you get to third, and it's just like that's not fair. How is that fair? This guy sucks. But mm. and that's where I think it's it's actually quite a fun game to play online because it is twelve people, whereas when we're playing, there's obviously just four of us unless you can connect up multiple other switches. But yeah, there is some. It's just the computer. So, but when you are playing online, or you've at least got your four. It is a really fun and enjoyable game to play. And it, so it can get heated. We all love some maps uh, more than others. And I, I feel like some of these maps aren't as hard, though, like the Rainbow Roads and stuff aren't as hard as 
previously. Um, oh, well, that's the best about this one. It includes Rainbow, um, remade um, Rainbow Roads from the 64, yeah. um, the Wii, and its own one for this game as well. So yeah. with the DLC, it brings back a whole lot of reinventions of that map in particular. And I think just the easy things, like it's got battle modes, it's got different courses, it's got all these things, like, plus again, you know, ghost races where what gives it enjoyability, I know we're talking, like I said before, we're talking about uh, group games, but you can pick up and play this one yourself, like it is a perfect sort of, um, you can just, yeah, you can just play it by yourself. I think the AI could, is good enough to give yeah. you a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is always challenging you, so it's not like you... Even if you win and you set a really good ghost race, that next one is, is still difficult. Uh, like it's still harder. Like it is difficult to, to continue and get better. What I, what I enjoy that. So um, uh, I think in the end, it's a it's a fun game and mm. a worthy number one. And if you're sitting at home right now and, and you need something to do, something to play, it's for me as a is is a perfect family family pick up and play because you can play this with all four of you you can play this with your grandpa you could like you really could and that's the mm -hmm. the beauty of the switch any other points um on this one mace yeah well there's just so many different yeah. characters you know as well if you're yeah. a kid mixing it up you know you can play as even zelda in the in this one as well yeah and uh isabel from uh, animal crossing so it does bring in you know those uh not multiple nintendo generations and putting them almost into one game as well similar to super smash uh but no a uh, fantastic game like i said anyone can pick it up even if you come in last if you manage to get a you know a uh, question mark cube you yeah. know you'll get an item that will put you to the front so skill will only get you to so far in this game in a way um it does play a big part but at the same time i think you know your five-year-old niece you know not that young could yeah. catch up to you relatively fast regardless of how much you play this game if she knows what she's doing yeah. And not crashing into walls the whole time. So, uh, yeah, no, incredible game. Obviously, even if you don't like racing or kart games, I think this is even just a good start to see if you like the genre because it doesn't get any better than this in terms yeah. of racing games or kart games. And I think the biggest thing for me is connecting it with, like, I'm not a massive racing guy. I'm not great at racing games. Neither am I. Like, Neither yeah. am I. I hate racing games, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you pick this up and it doesn't feel like 100% a racing game for me even though obviously that is the complete nature of the bloody, the bloody game. So for me, that is a great aspect of it. And that's, that's what I really enjoy. And it nails the family fun atmosphere and the, and the replayability. Um, mm. Cause I'd say how many times have we bloody played it and it's fun every single time. And it's obviously yeah, very yeah. for games to bloody do that too. Like that's not an easy, easy thing to do. No, we've played the same app so many times. Every time we do it, it feels pretty fresh, doesn't it? So yeah. And still get the satisfaction of a good power slide around a corner Ooh. or, you know, like you said, unlocking those parts after you finish the game by getting those coins. Yeah, no, it's yeah, amazing. Amazing. So that's, that's our top five. Again, you can uh, have a look at that sort of list on our website when you put it up or again, um, yeah, give us a review and tell us what your thoughts are. So we've got uh, images on all of our social platforms. So tell us what your top five are and we can, we can read them out next week and, uh, it'll be another top five list uh, if you go into our highlights. So you can go into our highlights and mm. uh, screenshot that, then write your top your top five in there and, and we'll reshare it. So it's a good little bit of interaction. Yeah. Uh, so if you manage to get your hands on the Switch during quarantine, which apparently is very, very hard to do, yeah. grab your Switch and grab, you know, these five to, you know, eight games that we've recommended today 
and I don't think you'll have to worry about work or uh, life ever again. You'll be safe. You will be set. So we will move now into our show and tell segment for the week and what what we've been Mm. watching uh, over the last week since the last podcast. So Mace, what's one thing that you've been, been watching and recommending? So with my uh, new Apple Plus subscription, we've started uh, the morning show, or as it's called in Australia, as I found Morning Wars, yeah. um, with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. Um, I just want to say it's bloody fantastic. Really well done, um, I guess, because Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon were being paid $2 million an episode to oh. produce and star in this. So they're well set and season two is coming out. So they're rolling the dough. Um so it picks up after the Me Too movement and, you know, Steve Carell, first episode, Steve Carell's done for some sexual misconduct and yeah. at the morning show in New York. And uh, he's been fired and it's all the different people in the studio kind of dealing with this yeah. and, you know, finding out if who knows about it. And uh, to kind of replace him um, is Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's a bit rough, you know. She, yeah. she wants to tell truthful journalism. Um, whereas a lot of people at the studio just want a, you know, happy gimmicky story that people were satisfied with, but she wants to get to the nitty gritty and it's kind of showing, you know, how, how that works in the studio dynamics between her views on journalism versus everyone else's. And, you know, just the inconsistencies about the Me Too movement and how Steve Carell just thinks, you know, that it was all consensual and, you know, was it, you know, I yeah. think that's the big debate about the Me Too movement is that he thinks it's perfectly fine. The girls were happy to do it at the time, but at the end of the day, was it right? Yeah. You know, that's up to discussion. So no, it's um, hits the big points and uh, really good, especially for journalists like you and me, mate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, always want to be that Carl Stefanovic. Yeah. It gives you a good insight to how the morning shows were run at the same time and uh, very high quality, 10 episodes, hour each. Uh, yeah, no, very good. And season two is on its way. So at least, you know, it's not a season thing. You can yeah. still, you know, pick it up when season two is released later this year. Yeah, yeah. I think because I did not know, like, again, this is the thing here in like Australia, like we've, Apple TV has been around a bit, but it's not been a massive thing for people to really get. I don't know how many subscribers. So obviously they're pretty much handing it out with every Apple yeah, device that you, you bloody have hoping that you'll, you'll keep it like a long-term thing. Now, this is one that I, hundred percent I think is on my list and I think um the rest of the family has has already watched it so no um from the looks of it very good and I enjoy how in Australia obviously we've had to change it to the morning wars since we already have a tv show called the morning show um so a lot better though than the morning show yeah a hundred percent so no this is this is on my list and I I think when, when are they saying season two is coming out Oh, I think, yeah, once again, Corona's thrown it out. Yeah, so yeah. I think it was aimed for some time end of this year, but I think 2022 is looking like a likely date. Okay. Interesting, interesting. So, no, a very, very good topic. Anything else you've watched this week? Was that it? Um, no, apart yeah. from Morning Show, yeah. I'm still, you know, watching Defending Jacob on an yeah. um, episode-by-episode basis, and that's coming up to its last episode this Friday. So family's yeah. getting very keen to watch that. Yeah. Uh, so no, lots of Apple Plus series, uh, but not a much apart from that. Um, so I started to watch the new Snowpiercer um, mm, yes, that I'm was released that. on Netflix. So I'm not sure again if that. I think it's in Australia as a Netflix show. Um, so does that? Fo- so just tell me as well because I don't know myself. Does that follow on? 
from the movie or is it original no. characters? It's, 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 it's original um, again. So it tells the story very, very quickly of what's going on. And oh, sorry, it's only yeah, two episodes have been released, but release at TNT in the United States. So I think it's for us is, is Netflix um, over here in Australia. So no, it's um, still developed uh, and screenplays by Bong Joon-ho. So again, who did uh, Parasite. So, and who was, did the original Snowpiercer. So this has been in development hell for a really long time. And I enjoy the way this is done. So basically the premise is again, um, as you, if you know about Snowpiercer, that the world is freezing over and that scientists effectively did that because they tried to cool down the earth because of global warming essentially and they cooled it down too much and created another ice age and this one person um, in the end Mr Wilford has created a train that goes around the world um, that keeps uh, the human race sort of going and I think they're saying I don't know exactly how many people they say is on this train but it might be like 3,000 or something it's a bit bigger than I think the original and the movie was, but I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure, but the first episode sort of takes you through the people at the back um, that in the end, so they're, they, the way they tell it in this one is it was for the rich. Um, like the six star class bought tickets onto this train when everything was sort of going South um, with the world sort of freezing over. And then some people revolted and jumped into the baggage areas of the train at the back that's basically what the way they've they've showed it and they fought their way onto the back of the train and they had to shut off that end and those people live in the baggage carts at the back of the train yeah yeah Yeah. and they slowly get fed etc but they're struggling to reproduce it's been a number of years and people are slowly dying and obviously depressed and these people at the start anyway weren't uh, very well off and this is the only way that they could survive uh where we get basically the story kicks off because there's a murder in, in the first episode uh higher up in in the first class keeping the stakes high from episode one i like it yeah yeah so and they have to get the effectively one of the main characters used to be a police officer and a detective so they take him from the back of the train and bring him to the front uh-huh. and he has to solve this um murder for the people on the train and mr wilford so again I actually really quite enjoyed it. It shows as a typical first episode pilot does all the different spots in the train. And effectively, I kind of enjoyed the fact that from the original movie that came out a couple of years ago with Chris Evans in it, I was always like, okay, so how do you get from one end to the other? Do you have to walk past everything? It shows pretty early that there's like a tunnel underneath everything. So you can sort of get from one, like it's what I think is going to play a bit of a part later on, or you can get to certain parts by going through these sort of tunnels underneath and and above. And the world seems interesting and it shows again that they're sort of struggling, that the train tracks are sort of icing over as years go by and that it is becoming more and more dangerous and people are revolting from even first class, second class, third class, all the way to the back and sort of how they play out play out on that and I've, I've got a sneaking suspicion again like the main character is going to probably oh no I'll, I'll leave it anyway but i think it's an interesting watch um so recommend it though to people uh, maybe uh, who like sci-fi or just to the general audience i'd recommend to the general audience at this point for a probably try and smash through the first 
the first two have come out and then I think the next two are being released at the same time. So I'd say maybe get through four and if you enjoy it, um, that will probably be what I'm doing too. Yeah. Because the element of the murder mystery side of it, I think keeps you intrigued over the overarching plot of what's going on. Whereas I think the movie, I tried to remember a bit more about the movie and you've seen the movie, haven't you? Yeah, I love the movie. Yeah, yeah, I love the movie too. But it's sort of more just getting from front to back. Whereas this year is sort of, teasing the fact that the main character is already up there and he's having to come back and front and uh, sort of the divide of do I just stay up the front here or do I and do I feel like a traitor if I don't go back and how I've got to help them get out and and how that sort of works is an interesting dynamic and I enjoy the fact of the um, yeah the the murder sort of aspect on it because it keeps you sort of intrigued uh again it shows the movie has a big cult following doesn't it really yeah so massive cult following. Big popularity yeah yeah and i think uh, the aspect of it that it's obviously very dark and it mm. doesn't shy away from some really interesting uh sort of themes and topics and at moments even in the first episode it's like they're gonna kill kids and stuff and you're like oh here we go wow like but it's everyone's there to survive and it's it's tough and it, just class structure and i think that's why people love the movie and the idea and that's why this sort of idea will always continue um to move around and no i think it's a it's it's quite interesting and the actors play it very well and that's why i think i'm interested to give it episode three and four and see if i i really do enjoy it um the the other one and i think sorry i just we spoke about it before anyway i don't know i would have probably preferred this to be a binge and just getting through it straight away. I think I would have been really into it and gone, okay. Whereas I may drop off this if episode three and four aren't as, aren't as good. Whereas I think as a binge, I would have gone straight through. So yeah, yes. uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, the other one I watched was uh, the lovebirds that has just sort of come out on Netflix, uh, yeah, Netflix movie yeah. in, in the end. And it's enjoyable rom-com with what's his name uh what's his name camille nanjiani yeah (laughs) who is now ripped as a mother effer uh for his role in this this too is he i think this is when this after his eternal uh, no i think he's filming this probably while uh production is in january 2019 so this time last year eternals was filming so i reckon he was getting ripped at this point because this okay. is really simple scenes, really simple sets, like some stuff. You could probably film this in a couple of weeks anyway, like stuff of movie. So it reminds me a lot of what was the Steve Carell one um, with... 40-year-old virgin? No, 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 the one with like Date Night. Was it Date Night? Not, not oh, Date, date night, night with yeah. Tina Fey. With and he Tina goes Fey, the yeah. Town, so, um, yeah, yeah th- this one is effectively him. And I think it might be the first role I've known of this lady, Issa Rae. Um, just trying to look what other stuff she's sort of been in. I think it's literally just... Oh, well, this they all is have like their a, Netflix debuts, don't they? So, yeah, so yes. um, those two are in a relationship. Um, it starts off again, the beauty of the first couple of dates and they're in love and everything. And then it jumps forward to four years later and they're both sort of have had enough in their relationship. She's addicted to his phone. Um, he just works on his computer all day in his job. And, so a normal relationship yeah normal relationship around that time no and it shows off in in that there and it feels they're both like we both don't care for each other anymore and effectively they break up again in the first sort of 10 minutes is they're on their way to a dinner party and always talking about oh, i hate your friend who's like this and i hate that friend or that guy and 
all this sort of stuff, like you said, similar to a, a long-term sort of relationship and neither of them want to get married, et cetera. So it's sort of hitting a dead end and a, and a crossroad of their relationship. And uh, my classic saying ever is then hijinks in shoes um, yeah. in the story. And they think they're frames or, or they're on the run for a murder. Uh, where someone kills someone in their car and that's when the story now uh, gets going. So it sort of has that uh, they're trying to solve a murder who don't know mm-hmm. nothing about being policemen or anything to clear their names. And it, it's an enjoyable, it runs at a really quick pace of 87 minutes. So sort of your mm-hmm. perfect sort of Netflix thing. Sounds very date nighty. I know yeah, date nighty and you know, a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy thrown in there because they're both sort of comedians. And I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And yeah. I think it's a, it won't win awards even as a best Netflix comedy or yeah. rom-com, et cetera. But for a cheap budget of 16 mil that they, they said it's um, on and distributed by Netflix and stuff, uh, um, it's a really nice, really nice movie. Now, again, there's plot holes every which way about it. Uh, and certain things and stuff but I enjoyed it and it's quite funny and I would recommend to anyone even if you got the guys over for a night or you you're with the missus uh or you could find worse movies so I think this is a, a it, I'd give it a watch cool. so all right we'll do yeah I do plan to watch that so I'll watch it sometime tonight I reckon um so now at the end most we're done for today's episode so uh thoughts how's the everything's good we're yeah. done we, we've, well, we've tied everyone, pretty good yeah yeah i hope everyone enjoyed the episode yeah. and uh if you're sitting at home you're running our netflix shows go and get yourself a switch and yeah. get some mario kart going invite your f- friends around as long as they're 1.5 meters away yeah. and uh yeah get some get some bevies going and you'll have a good time mario kart especially makes for a good drinking game too it does so uh no, perfect. So the, the next thing, we've got a little bit of a special. We've got our first guest coming on uh, on the next episode for episode 12. We're looking at Spider-Man PS4 yeah. game. So yes, having a little yeah. bit of a, a deep dive and, and a look back at that. Now, that's been, has that been out for two years now? Or is it a year? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, on its way. Yeah, up, coming up to two years, yeah. Two years now. So we'll have our first uh, first guest on, on the pod. Uh, so we'll have a couple of social stuff up on there. So again, if you're interested... In getting in contact with us again, talk about the game similar to this stuff. Give us your top five Switch games, uh, and there will be a list on our highlights on Instagram when this is released too. So we'll put ours up there. You share yours. Uh, everyone can get in contact with you, Jack. Where? Uh, Jack underscore Mason twenty two. Yeah, and me. It will yeah. be cuts, and you can follow us on Screen Blend. Make sure you give us a review. It takes no longer than ten seconds. That can be quick for some people, but a long time for others. And give us a fire, give us a review, give us your thoughts. It helps out a lot. Head to the website and make sure you subscribe and download. Anything yeah. else, Mace? No, that's everything. We'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody. Ta-da. Bye.